0: It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at J underscore pregame. Joined here by the MMA expert, Meme Gene. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at MeanGene0022. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Gene, here we go. UFC 263. This so one's going to go ahead and take place in Glendale, Arizona on Saturday night pay-per-view. main fight. Israel Adesanya is going to go ahead and fight Marvin Vittori in the rematch. We have five fights on the main card. Got Paul Craig against Jamal Hill. That's going to be the opener. I want to go ahead and start out with that, Gene. I'll let you go ahead and rip a run on that one first. What are you thinking about that Paul Craig-Jamal Hill fight?
1: Yeah, I definitely don't see this fight going the distance. Craig either submits Hill or Hill knocks out Craig. Craig has 14 victories. 13 of those victories have come via submission. I feel like that's his path. He's a slick submission artist, slick grappler. And Hill in the past has shown that that potentially is his hole. I do think um, there are some positive things that he's done in that realm, but that is right now for him, that's the only hole I see in this game. And then Hill on the other end, I mean, he knocks everyone out. The guy has precision striking, pinpoint accuracy, legit power on the feet, very good movement. He does a great job of cutting off the cage and almost sending his opponent into his power hands, uh, he does a great job of attacking the body, which I love. I, that's my favorite thing about Jamal Hill is his propensity to to attack the body and to to bank, you know, bank those coins away for for later in the rounds. He attacks the body early, early which ends up getting the opponents tired later in the fight. And that's one thing with Craig. Craig has issues with his gas tank. He's really good in the first, but he starts to slow down after that. And, man, if you have Jamal Hill landing hard body shots to your gut, you know, you're going to slow down. And on top of, you know, you already have issues with with your cardio. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't see this fight going, going to a decision. And I have Hill here. I feel like Hill's going to knock Craig out. As long as he can, you know, stay off the ground. Um, Hill was taken down six times against Darko Stasic, but he was able to get up every time. And he's shown in his career, he does a really good job of defending takedowns. And even if he is taken down, boom, he's right back up. So I, and Craig is just sloppy. You know, Craig is, is a sloppy grappler at times. He allows his opponents to get up. So I'll wrap it up. I I have Jamal Hill here. I feel like he knocks Paul Craig out inside the the distance.
0: Yeah. I don't think this one's going to last long either. Gene right now, Jamal Hill, he's minus 300. And to go to distances, you know, the no is minus 235. So they're basically telling you it's not going the distance and Hill's probably going to win. I figure why not just make it easy on ourselves and play Hill to go ahead and win by KO, TKO. And you can get plus 135 with that wager. That's what I'm going to do. I don't really have to handicap this one. Uh, You pretty much did all the work there. But I think the odds are telling us what to do here, Gene. Do you want to lay minus 300? No. Do you want to lay minus 235? No. If you really like Hill... Go ahead and just play him to go ahead and win there by knockout at plus 135. You don't have to go crazy. It's only the first fight of the night. Second fight of the night, it's going to be a pretty good one. You got Damian Maia. He's going to go ahead. He's going to face off against below Muhammad. Muhammad's going to be a sizable favorite here, right around minus 230, minus 225. Uh, If you like Maia, you can go ahead and get him at a decent plus price of plus 180. And I certainly think that the right guy's favorite in this fight. You know, last time Muhammad stepped in the ring, uh, he almost got his eye, you know, pushed into his brain by another guy who's actually fighting on this card, Leon Edwards. I think the UFC fans in particular, and I don't know how you felt that night, Gene, but, you know, it felt like it kind of got robbed a little bit, the fact that Muhammad, you know, suffered the eye injury and the, the fight ended up getting stopped there, you know, in the beginning of the third round. So it ended up as a no contest. So we didn't get a winner or a loser in that fight, but I do believe, you know, that this sets up for Muhammad to use Maya. Uh, you know, kind of as a stepping stone. And if Muhammad could win this fight, you know, I think he has a shot to go ahead and probably take on Edwards again, you know, no matter what Edwards does against Nate Diaz. Now, I'm not sure how Muhammad probably gets it done, but I feel like Maya thinks that, you know, he's going to make this big comeback, but I just don't think that that's going to happen. You know, Maya's gotten taken out uh, rather quickly, you know, recently against Gilbert Burns. That was in the first round. I just personally think Maya's best days are behind him. So I'm going to go ahead, Gene. I'm going to use Muhammad in a parlay, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I think laying minus 230 uh, is a little bit pricey, especially against somebody like Maya. I mean, Maya will be live. don't get me wrong, but I don't think he'll beat Muhammad, but I don't want to lay 230. I feel that there are some other parlay pieces that we can use here with Muhammad. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. How are you feeling about the Maya and Muhammad fight?
1: Yeah, I man, I think your analysis is spot on. I mean, like you said, the eye poke. I think the UFC realized, like, man, we owe this guy, we owe this guy a favor. He stepped in on, on short notice to fight Edwards, and unfortunately, gets poked in the eye, and then that fight's over. And now Edwards moves up and fights Nate Diaz in almost like a title eliminator fight, and he drops down and fights Damian Maya, who's you know one foot out the door. And so I feel like they're doing a favor for him. Um, like you said, he got brutally poked in the eye. Now he fights Maya, who's 43 years old. Um, he He's like one, two fights away from retirement. But the funny thing is Maya is actually in the top 10, whereas Bilal Muhammad's not. So the UFC's just giving him that, that gimme fight so that he can get into the top 10. And he's doing it on the same card as Edwards as well. So I feel like you're kind of right. There is potentially um, a path for him to end up getting that rematch against Edwards. I I think it's slim, but hey, there's there's still a path. And um, Mayo is, is, of course, live. You know, he was once considered the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner in the UFC. He's still probably top three, top five in the UFC right now. So he's definitely dangerous, especially in the first round where he likes to push for, for takedowns and, and utilize his grappling and try to lock up a submission. But after that, he gasses. And you don't want to gas against Muhammad because Muhammad puts on a crazy pace it uh, doesn't matter if it's three rounds or five rounds um he's gonna keep going he's the energizer bunny so um and he's good all around you know he is good striking on the feet um good grappling good wrestling so i just he's he's better all around outside of outside of maya locking up some crazy submission i think muhammad blows the doors off of off of maya and potentially sends him into retirement so um i'm right with you man i think um you'd be a little bit nervous laying that price on a guy that potentially could get submitted against one of the better brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners in the ufc so um the best thing to do is put him in a parlay to be honest with you i'm right with you man like i said your analysis was spot on um i have muhammad winning and he's definitely going to be in one of my parlays as well
0: all right we spoke of leon edwards he's going to be in the next fight he's going to go ahead he's going to fight nate diaz Diaz is going to draw, you know, a lot of not only is he going to draw a lot of bets, he's going to draw a lot of money. And I, I can only see these odds going down, Gene. Leon Edwards right now, minus 560. Nate Diaz, you can go ahead and get him the win at four to one. I think those odds are are just a little a little too high. You know, especially against somebody like Nate, who, you know, he's one of the biggest names in the sport. He's going to draw a ton of action and he's going to come out there and he's going to fight and he's probably going to get a lot of local support, you know, being that this, you know, was going to take place in Arizona, you know, nature in California. So he's probably going to have a lot of, you know, a lot of public people, but also, you know, a lot of local people, you know, going ahead and supporting him for this fight. I actually thought this one was a three round fight. You informed me that this is five rounds. So this is going to change a little bit of my handicap for sure. You know, Edwards, I think he's probably, you know, the faster, slicker fighter and better on the feet. What worries me about Nate is that if he tries to stand up, um, you know, potentially Edwards could just, you know, piece him together. Uh, And and Nate just doesn't wear a whole lot of damage, you know, especially through five rounds. He's not going to wear a whole lot of damage um, rather well. I think the judges might actually see that and it might actually be wise for Nate maybe to take this to the ground. I'm not sure of, of, you know, Nate Diaz's path to victory here. I, I honestly don't know. Um, you know, he got stopped against Masvidal. The doctors actually stopped that one. And as we talked about Edwards, you know, his his last bout was against what? Who was, It was Muhammad, right? Yes. So he's got to be running and gun. And he was on his way to a win, Gene. I don't know if you agree with me with that. But did, did you feel that Edwards was, I would say, soundly kind of beating Muhammad in, in that fight?
1: Yes, most definitely. I thought he looked the best he's looked in his career, to be honest with you.
0: And I thought he looked good, too. So it probably had a, it probably to annoy him, the fact that that's the way that that fight went down. And he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that, you know, nothing crazy happens here in this particular fight. I was going to go ahead and play Edwards by points. Uh, you could do that at plus 125. And I like that a lot at three rounds because I, I really felt like Nate could last three. But you start dragging this into the fourth round. You start dragging this into the fifth round. And it just it just creates a whole hell of a lot more opportunities for bad things to happen and for, you know, the fight to get stopped or whatever the case might be. So I'm going to pass as of right now on this one, Gene. I'm going to let you go ahead and try to talk me into it. Right now, I lean towards Edwards. Don't know how necessarily how I want to bet him. But uh, that's the way I'm kind of looking for that Edwards and Diaz fight. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm super excited to to see Nate back in the octagon. The guy is one of the few legitimate superstars in the UFC. When he's fighting, the world's watching. And, and you know he's going to bring it every time he enters the octagon. Unfortunately, he's going up against Edwards. Edwards won eight in a row. Um, he should be fighting for a title, but due to some COVID traveling issues back in 2020, and then, as the aforementioned, inadvertent eye poke in his last fight, you know he he's now here fighting Diaz instead of uh fighting for a title so um I I love Diaz um I love all that he's he's given to the fans and the sport but I just believe he's overmatched here and I I feel like the lines correct um when this matchup first came out I immediately w- was trying to jump on Edwards but the lines just too big I, I didn't I didn't think that the odds makers would open it this wide to be honest with you and um but they should you know it, Edwards is the clear the clear favor here and he deserves to be he's, he's a very striker on, on the feet he throws vicious leg kicks um, to the body and to the head he's got good combos uh, the key for me here the slicing elbows this is where I really think he gets it done you had already, you had just mentioned that Nate Diaz was bloodied up in his last fight Nate Diaz gets bloodied up in every fight uh, he has a lot, he's taking a lot of damage in his career he's got a lot of scar tissue and that scar tissue seems to open up um, in his past, what, three, four fights, um, you have Masvidal, you have both Conor McGregor fights, and you also have Anthony Pettis as well, um, where he was busted open. So um, I think what I foresee happening here is that Edwards lands one of those slicing elbows, cuts Nate Diaz open, and that leads to him getting TKO'd or just KO'd or a, another doctor stoppage like we saw in that Masvidal fight. Um, I really... If I'm trying to compare Edwards to anyone, I, I kind of compare him to Masvidal. And that's why those two guys got into a scrap years ago and everyone wanted to see them fight. And hopefully they will fight in the future. But um, right now, obviously, Masvidal is on a different trajectory. You know, he's kind of going down while Edwards is going up. But um, yeah, man, they, they're like the same fighter. And you saw what Masvidal did against Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz hung for four rounds, but he almost got finished in that first round. Um, so... I see the same thing happening here, man. I think I think Edwards absolutely dominates Nate Diaz here, uh, and I think he finishes him in, inside the distance. So, um, if you're looking at that, the odds, like you said, it's like plus 100, to plus 125, depending on where you shop. If you just take Edwards just to finish with a submit, I mean, I don't really see him finishing Nate Diaz with a submission. But you know, if you just want to be safe and just say he wins inside the distance, it's minus 110. But um. Either way you go, I, I feel like it's a good bet taking Edwards to win inside the uh, distance. Pardon me, you had actually mentioned. Now I'm um, thinking about you had mentioned going to a, a decision. The decision, yeah, is, is plus. I think one twenty five or one thirty. So that's not bad. You're getting plus money there. If Diaz is tough, he could last. Quote unquote. I think he gets finished, but I, I understand your angle. I see why you're going that route because Diaz is tough. But it is now five rounds. So I feel like it's going to be more likely of a finish by Edwards. And again, to reiterate, that's uh, plus uh, 120, I believe, 125 for a KO. And then um, it's minus 110 if you just have him finishing Diaz inside the distance.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to do with that one. I, I honestly, I don't like the fact that it went from three rounds, at least in my mind, um, to five rounds. So. I'll, I'll consider to go ahead and uh, and think about that one or, you know, go ahead and, and play your play there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and scratch mine, you know, playing Edwards to go ahead and win by points. Uh, let's jump into the co event here. Uh, we got Davidson Figueredo. He's going to go ahead. he's going to fight Brandon Moreno. Uh, Figueredo right now, right around minus 230, 225. Uh, if you like Moreno, the underdog, you can go ahead and get him at plus 185. You know, Gene, there's a lot of things probably to cover in this particular fight. I really kind of want you to go ahead and and break it down and explain all of them uh, just so I don't miss anything. You know, this is a rematch. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Figueredo uh, in the parlay with Muhammad. I'm not necessarily sure who you're taking, but, you know, I'm willing to bet that you're probably going to end up on Figueredo here. Uh, I just don't see how you take Moreno in this particular matchup. So I'm guessing we probably have a lot of the same reasoning. I'm going to let you go ahead and explain it. If for some reason you're on Moreno, then I'll go ahead and I'll explain a lot of the reasons why I like Figueredo, but I just don't see um, how you could go ahead and land on Moreno for this particular fight. How are you seeing this one?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with uh, Figueredo, and I'll, I'll walk you through how I got there um, and, and these the history um, behind this fight. So Their first fight was a contender for fight of the year in 2020, but unfortunately it ended in a draw, and that was due to an inadvertent eye poke by Figueredo. Um, and which cost him a round that he was winning, and so that ultimately resulted in the draw he won three of the five rounds, but obviously that third round is you know is is a draw so it's two two um so he ends up that ends up being a draw six months later we get the rematch now but there's a lot of things that are different this time around versus the last time and, and if you remember Figueredo took their first fight on a historic three week turnaround from his previous fight so he he beats Benavides, then he fights Alex Perez, beats Alex Perez. Three weeks later, he's in the fight against Moreno. And to get to that fight, he stayed in Vegas in between those fights. He didn't go home to his family. He didn't go home to, to his training partners or, or his training gym. He didn't get to fully rehydrate. A lot of these fighters, you know, they, they take a couple of weeks off, fully rehydrate, get some good food in them, eat, and then, you know, they're ready to fight, you know, maybe a month month and a half later, whatever it is, if it's a quick turnaround, but not three weeks. And it was historic. And so he's not fully rehydrated. And then worst of all, he had food poisoning leading up to to the fight. And he was legitimately sick going into that fight against Moreno the first time. So with all that said, going into that fight, he still won three or five rounds. And in my book, to be honest with you, he won four or five rounds. Um, so now he's had six months to get ready for this fight. And you know Moreno, no doubt, he's a gamer. He's tough, and he's gonna bring it. Um, you saw that in the first fight, and it, like I said, it was a contender for fight of the night. The guy is tough. He's gonna stand there. He's gonna bang. But even with those negative factors affecting Figueiredo, he looked good in there and won three of the five rounds. So, uh, and for me, more importantly in that fight, the key for me was. After that eye poke, that fifth round, he had to win. If he did not win that fifth round, he was going to lose that title. And he whooped up on Moreno in that fifth round to end up at least making it a draw and keeping his title. So, man, I just, Figueiredo is is amazing, man. I feel like he's one of the better champions in the UFC. Uh, he's in a division where there are a lot of talented fighters, and there's definitely a cha- there's some talented fighters in there that can definitely knock him off and are going to give him some tough tests. I just don't feel like Brandon Moreno is that, that guy. I mean, Figueiredo is better all around, anywhere the fight goes. Figueiredo, he he looks to finish fights. The guy's a killer. When he gets in there, man, he's he's looking to take the guy out. And I feel like after six months being out, studying this guy again, being able to rehydrate and do all the things that he normally would have done, not having to take a three-week you know, short-notice fight against Moreno... I feel like he, he blows Moreno out the water. And uh, so, yeah, my pick here is Figueiredo. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes him. I, I think that's an angle here. I think he's good for a parlay. I think it's good to take him inside the distance because the guy can lock up submissions and can and can knock out Moreno too. Moreno's tough, don't get me wrong, but um, Figueiredo just has unreal power. And he almost finished Moreno in that fight uh, a couple times. So, If you want to get uh, Figueredo inside the distance, you can get him at plus 120 instead of laying the 250 or whatever it's at. So I like Figueredo and I like him inside the distance. All right. Well,
0: you pretty much covered everything that I was going to say there, Gene. I think the biggest factor is the fact that, you know, Figueredo had just so many things going against him going into the first fight. And now it's like, hey, man, you know, you got time, um, you know, to go ahead and make sure everything's cool. And the fact that he looked as good as he did in the first fight with all it with you know all those things going against him, that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, I just don't see how the hell Gene's going to end up on Moreno here. Um, I just I just didn't see it. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you agree there. You know one of the things, Gene, that that I'm going to ask you this, and sometimes I think that instead of like trying to maneuver throughout the card and make all these crazy bets, that sometimes They set up a card where it's like, hey, if this guy wins, he's going to be, you know, let's just say the favorites. If this favorite wins, he's going to end up being here. And if this favorite wins, he's going to end up being here. And they try to set up these cards where it's the building platform for, you know, the next potential card that goes on. And it's like, well, where's Muhammad going to be? Well, he's going to fight. You know, he's going to have a big fight. Where's Edwards going to be? He's going to have a big fight. Figueredo's probably end up you know, with the big fight, same thing for, you know, Jamal Hill. And then, you know, I don't, I don't think it really matters for Izzy, you know, or Vittori, you know, how however that plays out. But sometimes I just feel like they stack these cards to where these favorites are all going to end up winning. And then it just becomes like this big hype thing, you know, going into the next, you know, going into, you know, whether it be UFC 264 or five, six, seven, or what it what have you, or, you know, maybe a potential big fight night thing. But, That's kind of the way I'm feeling with this particular card is that the dogs don't really stand much of a chance on this card. And a lot of it is it's more stepping stone type stuff uh, for, you know, a lot of, you know, these favorites, you know, Paul Craig, um, you know, Damian Maya, Nate Diaz, guys that are going to end up being good names on resumes for guys who are going to end up being somewhere sooner or later. Do you kind of view like this particular card like that? Because I've seen these before in the past. And I've thought about it, and then I look at the results, and I'm like, "Yep, they all ended up winning. They're all going to end up getting these, you know, bigger payday fights, bigger name fights." That's the way I felt with this particular card, and that was one of the reasons why. You no, know, I'm just going to use Figueroa in a parlay. I'm going to use all the favorites probably in a parlay, one way or another. But did you feel kind of the same way with this particular card? And ha- and I'm sure you've seen that before as well, right?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: The UFC in general are, are really good at matchmaking and
1: and pitting guys that they feel like are superstars or future champions or current champions and kind of getting them on the path, um, in the UFC. And this is one example, you know, like Vittori shouldn't, it should be Robert Whitaker in there, to be honest with you. I, we're going to get to this fight in, in a second, but you know, Adesanya versus Whitaker, that's really the fight to make, but you know, Vittori's won three or four in a row and they're like, Hey man, you know, you guys have already fought. We're going to throw you in there. And just like, science coming back down the middleweight. We're gonna try to get this guy back in the winning, you know, back in a winning streak after his loss to Blahovic. Davidson Figueiredo, same thing. You look great in your last fight. We're gonna obviously give Moreno the rematch, but you know, you won three of the five rounds. You should have won that. We're just, you know, it's an easy win. Move on. Edwards and Diaz, same thing. You know, and I, you know, the Diaz thing is actually kind of crazy. The backstory on that is Diaz wanted. That fight, you know, Diaz. I think Diaz felt like if you look at the top five in that division, like who can he realistically beat? And Leon Edwards is really the only guy that he he has even a chance against. And you see, it's a minus five hundred. So the UFC's like, sure, take it. You know, Leon Edwards. You sh- probably should have been in the title. We tried to get you in the title a year and a half ago, but because of COVID, some other crazy stuff that happened, we weren't able to get you in there. So here, take Nate Diaz. You you are. You've won eight in a row, but the fans don't know you. You beat Nate Diaz, man, that puts you on the map, especially if you beat him in spectacular fashion. Bilal Muhammad, same thing. You know Damian Maia is one foot out the door about to retire, and you got Bilal Muhammad, who's on a little run. Unfortunate eye poke. It's like, let's just give him an easy fight so he can move up. Jamal Hill, same thing. 8-0, one of their top prospects at light heavyweight. Give him, Paul Craig, a name, a tough fighter, um, so that he can kind of establish himself. So... Yeah, I know it was a long-winded response, but yeah, I mean, the UFC will definitely do that.
0: You know, it's funny, as you were talking, I'm thinking, I'm like, the livest dog on this card, at least in my eyes, is probably Vittori. That's kind of the way that I felt. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, just, is he losing? You got to wonder what that does, you know, for his psyche. Let's go ahead and jump into the main fight here. We got Israel Adesanya is going to go, he's going to fight Marvin Vittori. Adesanya is going to be a commanding favorite here, minus 250 Vittori. I can go ahead. You can play him at 2-1. I have my concerns here for both guys. As I had said, I think both guys are live here. Uh, As I said, I think the underdog Vittori is probably live in this one. My concern for him is it's going to be a quick turnaround. It's not just a quick turnaround, you know, against any fighter out there. We know Izzy's elite, and I just don't think that that's a good thing for Vittori. Yeah, I think Izzy, you know, losing and, and not getting those belts is a negative. You know, I got to wonder, you know, where his mind's at coming into this one. And the fact that, you know, he's he's going to rematch a guy who's going to get a second look at him. Uh, maybe that plays on his mind a little bit as well. And, you know, Vittori, he does have the revenge. You know, it, I thought it was, you know, a rather close fight the last time, you know, that these two matched up. And I think that that's probably more of a, probably more of a knock against Adesanya than, than, than anything. So I honestly think that that probably gives Vittori some confidence here. And I think that this fight's probably close for, you know, maybe the first three rounds and, you know, the odds are a little bit high, but Adesanya wants to go ahead. He wants to get right back in the win column and, you know, remain putting on, you know, the big money fight. So uh, for me, I think Izzy probably, he's going to find that shot. You know, he's going to, he's going to wait and, and pinpoint, and Vittori's just going to get tired out, uh, you know, in the later rounds, and I think he probably wins by KO or TKO. Uh, I don't think this one goes to distance. I think Izzy probably ends up, you know, picking his picking his shots and not burning himself out and just being like, you know what, if I could just, you know, manage to get this guy a little bit weak, a little bit tired, I wouldn't be shocked if Izzy's out there throwing, you know, spinning back fists, a lot of knees, elbows, things like that, uh, just completely trying to switch up, you know, his look. Um, you know, from what it looked like in the first fight to try to confuse Vittori as much as possible, but I'm going to go ahead I'm going to play Izzy to go ahead and win this one by KO, TKO, and they can get that one at like plus 150, so that's what I'll do for the final there, Gene how you feeling about Adesanya and Vittori for the final?
1: I'm excited and intrigued by this matchup for, for a few reasons you know, Israel's first career MMA loss came at the hands of a fighter with a somewhat similar fight style as Marvin Vittori so the question is, did Israel fix those holes that we saw exposed in his loss to Jan Blachowicz, and then can Marvin stay disciplined enough to even implement the same game plan, or will he let his emotions pull him into a brawl? Um, he's a very emotional fighter. He had a lot of negative things to say about Israel. He feels like this is his coronation as a as a fighter. You know, he felt like he won that first fight, and he's got he's only gotten better. Both of them got, have gotten better, obviously, since that last fight. But he really feels like, man, this time around, I, I'm going to take this belt. I am the better fighter. So, um, you know, Israel, we've seen him fight. You know, Israel, his style, it pisses off his opponents and, and, and kind of gets them into a point where they want to rush in and, and try to knock him out. And he ends up countering them and knocking them out. So uh, I wonder if Vittori is going to stay calm, stick to the game plan that, that Blahovich that had, Against Israel in, in in their last fight, the the other thing for me in this in this fight is what what did that loss do to him? You know, he was riding high, he was undefeated, he tried to become a champ champ and ended up coming up short. But if you go back and watch that fight, man, he looked good for the first. I mean, he looked good across the entire the entire fight. To be honest with you, and it was close. I know some judges have four to one against Israel, but you know, the majority of the people scoring had it three to two. And um, so, you know, he had won the first two rounds with Blahovich or they were, you know, super close. It was that third round when Blahovich started implementing the takedowns that the whole fight changed. And I felt like it came down to that fifth round. So did he work on that? And we don't know. We're going to see in this fight if he did, but from understanding Israel as a fighter, understanding his camp, I'm going to have to say, yes, the guy is a cerebral fighter, super smart. Um, he reminds me of John Jones, to be honest with you. And it's ironic because those two individuals hate each other and potentially could fight each other in the future. And, and that would be an uh, amazing fight, only because for me, as a fight fan, they're both cerebral. They the way that they break down their opponents it, it is amazing. They don't get caught up in in the emotions. They don't get caught up in any of the hype, the fans, none of that. It's like I'm in here to do a job. I know how I'm going to execute this. I don't care what my opponent does. I'm I'm just gonna execute my plan and if I have to change some things up, I'm smart enough to understand what I need to do in the fight, in that moment, to, to get that victory. So Israel's is the same way. And I, I feel like after that loss to Bohovich, he wasn't going home to sulk. He wasn't going home to, you know, cry or anything like that. He got right back in the gym and worked on his takedown defense. And I believe like I believe we're gonna see the old Adesanya that has always been dominant. You know, he moved up to light heavyweight, heavier fighter. He, he hasn't fought at 205 before, none of that stuff. And he's back at his normal normal weight class at 185. And I think he's just going to dominate like, he, like he's been dominating for for 20 fights before that Bohovich fight. So um, what I envision is I envision him picking Marvin apart from the outside. Marvin's going to get frustrated. You know, he'll probably end up – he'll probably – End up starting to to brawl and and knock Israel out. Of course, he's gonna try to take him down early and often, but Israel is gonna be ready for that. I think he's gonna pick him apart from the outside. He'll stop the takedowns and eventually finish him within you know inside the inside the five rounds. Uh, Marvin's super tough. Uh, you can hit him with a bat and he won't go down. But um, for whatever reason, man, I feel like it's gonna be a statement win for Israel. Um, of course, it could go to a decision. And I wouldn't be surprised if it went to a decision. I just feel like Israel is going to go out there and finish this guy, and it's not only Israel's skills that are going to lead to the finish. I feel like it's just Marvin's emotions that are going to lead lead to the uh, to the finish. I, I just feel like he's going to get frustrated. He's just gonna he's going to realize like, hey man, this is this is my only shot. You know, I almost beat him the first time. I lost a split decision. I'm not going to let this go back into the judges' hands. I'm gonna I'm gonna handle this myself, and. When he does that, I feel like Israel's gonna, you know, knock him out. So um, I got Israel here. I think your play of inside the distance is is great at the, you know, plus one fifty. I've even seen some some as high as plus one eighty. So I don't think that's bad. If you want to just go decision because you feel like is tough and Israel just kind of stays on the outside. Because here's here's the other fact. That I do want to say this real quick now. Even though I'm saying that Israel, I do feel like he knocks him out. The thing that I'm hesitant on is I also kind of see Israel just being safe. Like, hey, I lost my last fight. I don't want to lose this title now. You know, I was going for a second title. I didn't lose my title. I went for a second title, and I lost a fight. Oh, who cares? I just go back down to to middleweight, and I still got my title. I just have to defend it. So I wonder if he comes out and is more cautious or or just – plays it smart in the sense of I'm just going to pick this guy apart from the outside, not let him get in on me and end up winning a five round decision. But um, in my heart of hearts, I just, I, Israel's finished Whitaker. He finished Costa and Costa's attitude. The way he fights his emotions is similar to, to uh, Vittori. I just feel like, you know, Vittori's going to get frustrated. He ends up knocking him out. So long winded response, but I got Adesanya by, uh, by TKO um, KO.
0: You know, I, I, I'll i disagree a little bit with you thinking that Izzy might actually play this safe. I think it. if you go back to the Blahovich fight, it was the fifth round. I mean, that's what decided it. I mean, if Izzy didn't get taken down and maybe it's a 50-50 round, well, then maybe it's a 50-50 call when it came to the judges, you know. But the fact that he got taken down and, and he had no way of getting away from Blahovich, you know, on the mat there, it it pretty much that swung the fight. And I don't think he wants to go into this like going, you know what? Like I could have probably, you know, stole the third and maybe stole the fourth or whatever the case might be. And I think he goes out with the sole purpose of, yeah, I'm going to try to knock this guy out. I'm going to try to let this guy wear down, but I don't want to lose any rounds. Like I shouldn't lose any rounds to this particular guy. And if it goes to the judges, I don't even want it to even be a question. Yeah, he might take me down. He might get some shots on me. But I'm going to beat him each and every round. And I think that that's kind of the recipe for success to Israel, to kind of get out of his head and just know that he's the far superior fighter. And, you know, if it's you know one of the, just a 10-9 round, that's good enough. So I don't think he plays it safe at all. I think he goes in wanting to win each and every round because he doesn't want it to have to go to the judges' scorecards. And then, God forbid, he gets taken down. You know, like he did against Blahovich, and then it's like, Well, now you're back in that same situation again. Go out and get yourself three rounds. Get four rounds. And then this guy has to knock you out in the fifth after you know he's worn out. And I don't think Izzy wants to deal with, you know, not winning the last fight and potentially, you know, losing this. And it's like, Well, now where is he at? You know, it's not gonna look good. So I don't I don't I don't think he plays it safe. I think he throws a lot of a lot of crazy stuff at him here. And he he does try to win uh, each and every round. And it wouldn't surprise me if he tries to win some rounds, you know, rather big. So uh, that that's going to be an interesting fight. This is going to be a good card here, Gene.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And after thinking about it as you're talking through it, um, and I had already mentioned this about the Paul Costa, it kind of reminds me of that. Man, you're spot on with that. You know, there's a lot of heat in that Paul Costa fight where Paulo – paulo uh, felt like he was a better fighter i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna knock you out blah, blah 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 a lot of shit talking and israel just remained calm obviously he had his responses but he was like man just wait till fight night and man he just picked him apart and, and finished them and man it, it kind of reminds me of this fight you know again with the vittori vittori's talking a lot of shit vittori feels like you know he was a better fighter i feel like you're right israel might just come out he lost, he lost his fight against blahovic He doesn't want to be in that situation again where the fight goes long. He potentially could be taken down. He's like, man, I'm just going to take this into my own hands. I'm going to shut this guy up and just knock him out. And so I, I think you're spot on with that. And and uh, yeah, man, you definitely changed my, you know, you changed my focus on, on the betting in the sense of like, I feel more comfortable um, taking Israel inside the distance than versus going to a decision. Because I, I do feel like Israel's like, Man, a lot of people have been talking a lot of shit about Israel and all he done and Marvin Batory is going to take him down and do him like Bohovich did. I think he comes out here and just puts gets a statement win and, 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 and puts a stamp on this one and, and does get the finish inside the distance. So um,
0: I, I'm right with you on that analysis. I think the Costa fight was a perfect example of the way that this one could play out. And I think that was Izzy's, you know, probably his game plan was if I could just avoid this guy's crazy rushes, which – was interesting in that fight too, Jim, because, you know, Casa wasn't able to rush him at all. Like he took more of a guarded approach going, this dude could, you know, sit out here and, and kick the living daylights out of me, punch the living daylights out of me. And he was just, he was just out there just trying to figure it out. And he didn't figure it out. He got tired out and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if I think Vittorio will take a little bit of a more aggressive approach. I think he has to, but I think Izzy's hoping that it, it kind of looks very similar to, you know, the way that that Costa fight kind of looked. Because uh, if it does, Vittori could end up, you know, you know, tiring out. And that's kind of what I think will happen. I don't think it will be as ugly as Costa. I um, I expected far more from him. And uh, I think Vittori will deliver, a, you know, a better performance than him. But either way, I think Izzy gets it done in this particular fight. So we went through all the fights here on the main card. Good stuff there from Gene. Uh, make sure you guys follow us at BettingPredators.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at sleepyj underscore pregame at gene 22 And you can follow us both on the Best Sports Betting Information site on the web, pregame.com. Gene, we'll be back here uh, probably next week uh, with the fight night when we do UFC Vegas 29. That'll be uh, Korean Zombie against Dan Ige. That should be a pretty good one. Uh, but with that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on Saturday night. Enjoy the fights.